Hello and welcome back to Planet Chaos. Uh, it is 221-24, hard to believe. Uh, it is going very, very fast in this crazy, crazy election year. And I am excited to be back with you guys. Glad that you're joining us again and absolutely thrilled to have my partner, Rob K. Rob, really back with me. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, Mel. Um, as uh, we say always, that uh, Planet Chaos never... Uh, Never disappoints, uh, and as we're we as, as just so everyone knows, as we're working on the show all day, and then we're just about to go live, and boom, all this news starts flowing in, and Mel's like, "Oh my God, there's all this new news!" And then we got we're like, "All right, we'll we'll handle that another day." But some really cool stuff. James James O'Keefe has been doing some really great work. Uh, now he's uh, got someone in the IRS, and we know how they go after people, so that was pretty interesting. And Tucker has also been doing some awesome work. I love that Ben's piece that he did that you've been covering that stuff for a yeah. long time, but it's great that uh, uh, the information is getting out there about the, uh, you know, the control mechanisms that we're all seeing the, the weaponization. Uh, so that's awesome. And today is an exciting day because we're launching uh, a new sponsor for the show. Right? Oh, yeah, I even have it here with me. Uh, we have just started with these great people over at Brick House at Field of Greens, which I've heard about and I knew about. And then we got in touch with them. We started talking to them. And then Rob has been switching out my two giant iced teas a day with their strawberry lemonade. And I have to tell you, it's awesome. First of all, it tastes like the drinks that I wasn't allowed to drink as a kid because they were too sugary. And this happens to be very good for you. Uh, these are amazing products and they're so nice to come on and help uh, this show survive and uh, and thrive. So uh, I wanted to tell everyone that we are now fully on board. We love Field of Greens. I am drinking it twice a day and it is giving me a lot of energy and I needed a lot today to sift through what I think is important out there. So please, uh, fieldofgreens.com, use the code MELK. The strawberry lemonade is awesome. Uh, they have many different flavors, different types of uh, products for different ailments that you might have. Um, we're having a show with the doctor that created it. He's amazing. And he, uh, look for that later this week. Um, so if you are interested in feeling healthy and feeling better and getting, you know, natural energy during the day, I highly recommend uh, Field of Greens. Use the code MELK, fieldofgreens.com, and uh, it really supports the show. Again, we have amazing um, uh, people that are partners at the MELKshow.com partners page. Um, we're going to have a great big show coming up with our good friends at the satellite phone store. Uh, that would be MELKphone.com. They have all of uh, the stock back in right now. It goes out pretty quickly. Uh, never more important time than to have a satellite phone for you and your family. So that's MELKphone sat123.com use the code mel k over there as well um we're adding hey mel, things all the time if i you, wanted to yeah oh i just wanted to add uh, the satellite phone store not a lot of people know but they have a lot of other products there so disaster products such as uh yep. generators they have uh uh, uh, uh solar uh, chargers big solar chargers and small ones they got battery Faraday bags, which we're big fans of. We put our phones in the Faraday bags at night. God forbid there was an EMP or something. They got all great products there and we are partners with them. They are great to this show. So if you want to help the show and you want to help yourself and get some peace of mind, get some health products we have, get some uh, prep products for yourself and your family to make sure everyone's okay, no matter what comes our way. Uh, Planet Chaos is spinning uh, on all fronts out of control. And uh, we'll get into some of that now. 
uh, first and foremost, I wanted to say um, we have a couple. If you are following us on Instagram, thank you. If you are not, please join us over there. We'll see how long that lasts. I have a little piece today about Meta, but um, uh, the Mel K show over there, we've been trying to uh, get everyone's eyes on the Julian Assange case. Today was the second day uh, of the extradition uh, hearing. Hopefully that will not happen. And uh, hopefully he'll be freed. Uh, I know Tucker has his wife on today, so I'm sure you saw that. Um, Julian Assange is a hero. uh, And uh, we will be talking a lot today about what happens when there's no accountability for the government gangsters and the uh, international uh, banking cartel and all of these people and how we got to where we've gotten. Our country has a lot to do with uh, cover-ups of criminal activity by our government, either through uh, reasons of national security or sensitive matters or whatever they, they have created, especially especially since the unconstitutional and terrible for this nation and freedom and liberty Patriot Act. Um, so uh, for me, all I can pray is that Julian Assange is um, is freed uh, and brought back to health and uh, back where he belongs, which is uh, a hero status here and around the world. Um, so please pray for Julian Assange. Um, there's a lot going on. Um, first and foremost, I wanted to say there's a couple wins this week for free speech, especially for us, since uh, Rumble has been so good to us. As all of you know, we were purged, kicked off of YouTube uh, through almost four years ago uh, because I had a good relationship with a bunch of the frontline doctors, including uh, Dr. Zelenko, God rest his soul, and uh, Stella Emanuel, and uh, many other of the doctors that you know of. Um, instead of appealing or going back on, Uh, I knew that I would get kicked off again and losing 100,000 subs and all my videos in one day was enough. So we moved over to Rumble pretty early and it has been the best thing for us. We are huge, huge fans of Rumble and uh, they were trying to take Rumble down. But today the SEC has put out that... um, Apparently, a bunch of uh, people that were trying to take down Rumble, short sellers and all kinds of people saying that Rumble was messing with their numbers and all of that, trying to get the SEC to investigate. Uh, The SEC has come back and said that they found nothing and uh, recommend no further action against Rumble. Uh, Rob, also, there was an SEC finding right in uh, right on the back end of the horrendous verdict against Donald Trump. Uh, It looks like Truth Social got a. a good uh, bit of news this week as well. What happened over there, Rob? Yeah, so if people don't understand, so you have uh, Trump Media and Technology Group, which is uh, the where Truth Social sits. And then they started something, uh, and then they, they had set up uh, something called a Special Acquisition Corp, which is Digital World Acquisition. And those are supposed to merge, and they've been trying to do that for the better part of two years and take the company public, it raises funds, and the SEC and all kinds of activists were trying to help hold that up. Uh, looks like the SEC is, has passed on that. That still needs to go to a vote, but um, but that is really good news and uh, timing couldn't be better. So uh, uh, the you know that's uh, great for free speech and it's great for uh, Donald Trump because uh, if that deal finally does come to fruition, uh, his uh, stake is probably gonna be worth you know, it's somewhere in the tune of, of four billion dollars. So Letitia James and all those going after him can <laughs> can you know suck on that because they are they are you know Trump is doing everything he can and he is a fighter and God bless him wow. and God bless all the free speech advocates that are out there. I wanted to mention on Rumble that um, 
you know, they're under attack, uh, you know, all over the world. Obviously, we know that uh, Europe is uh, 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 trying to get them out of uh, out of Europe. Uh, we had a friend tell us in Canada. France that, that, yeah, Canada is the same thing. So so please support Rumble. Please support us there. Make sure you're subscribed because sometimes uh, we get unsubscribed there. But, um, you know, they have been great to us and they're uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah, and also I am still very, 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 very heavily shadow banned, I guess, or whatever is going on. I'm a legacy ban. I never got back the Mel K Show over on uh, Twitter, but we did start a new one at Mel K Show if you'd like to follow us there or wherever. And make sure that you're following everyone that you um, trust, at all the news sources that you've found to replace the fake news media. There's many great podcasts out there, many great podcasters. Um, I do see a lot coming on the horizon. They cannot control the narrative. We'll get into a little bit of what's going on and many fronts to take down people like myself and many other great people out there. So make sure you're going to people's websites and subscribing to their newsletters, um, subscribing to people's sub stacks, whatever it takes yeah. to stay in touch with the yeah. news services that you find to be the best. Um, just really make sure that you are in touch directly with the people that you trust for information. And if you do trust me, I, I'm doing the best I can to sift through what is real and what is not real and what you need to know. Uh, we do it every day. It is a nonstop process. I swear, I feel like we are in a bunker. <laughs> We're being hit all day, every day with more and more information. So uh, we do appreciate you subscribing to our newsletter and making sure that you check out our website regularly. Um, and as for us, uh, many of you know that we could no longer stay in New York City. Uh, we had been there during the horrendous lockdown and we made it into a, uh, instead we went on a Patriot road trip through 30 states in America where we spoke to groups large and small. We spoke to a great uh, group in Tampa Bay last night. Um, and we're going to continue doing that. But as we do look back on New York, it's funny, I, I went to the doctor today and he was a New Yorker that moved down here just before COVID. And we were talking about New York City. And when you talk to a real New Yorker, somebody like Rob or I that has lived there, you know, me half my life, Rob, almost all of his life in New York uh, City. Uh, it's really a hard thing to even discuss. Everyone just feels like like they can't believe it, but all of New Yorkers still have hope. But everyone's pretty much at a point where um, the controlled demolition of New York has, has succeeded uh, on a grand scale. And um, then we find out that Mayor Adams, there's many, many things about Mayor Adams that come out. I mean, yesterday he was bragging about the brand that is New York City. I guess that is him. Uh, meanwhile, we find out that uh, Mayor Adams has a program where he is giving $10,000 each to uh, illegal aliens that live, uh, have flocked to New York City. When we left, there was 80,000 and we were, were in Midtown East. So uh, everywhere that we were, the Roosevelt Hotel down by the UN, Roosevelt Island, all filled. Um, but now it appears that he uh, has a new program. It does look like uh, some New Yorkers in the city council want to investigate it, but he's giving out $10,000 debit cards. A $53 million contract went to a company called Mobility Capital Finance, uh, who the mayor touts as minority owned, minority women owned, even better, he says. Um, but basically, there you have a $125,000 one-time setup fee, a $250,000 annual management fee, $1.5 million for the first $50 million uh, debit cards handed out, $2.5 million for the next $100 million, uh, no ID check, and no fraud controls, no oversight, and no restrictions. Um, it appears that this deal will go up to about $53 million, and it's a no-bid contract. 
the cards will have a $10,000 limit and will be uh, able to be refilled every four weeks. So if you are wondering where uh, the uh, money from the uh, egregious and disgusting Trump verdict, where there was no crime, there was no victims, there was uh, nothing at all, uh, nefarious, the banks do their own due diligence, uh, Trump does his, the people got on the stand from the banks, they love doing business with them, vice versa, they would do it in the future, but somehow one man and one woman, Erdogan, Judge Erdogan and uh, Letitia James got to decide uh, the fate of Donald Trump's companies and his fortune uh, without uh any evidence of any wrongdoing or an actual crime, but it does appear New York is going to need as much money as possible. We're also hearing that there are groups all over uh, Manhattan starting. Uh, so good for you guys. I wish I was there, but in the Bronx, uh, in uh, Harlem, Brooklyn, uh, downtown in Chelsea and uh, the Lower East Side, um, they are buying up hotels and uh, vacant properties and uh, with, with taxpayer money. Uh, and refurbishing them to house illegals in New York. And uh, people are really starting to fight back there. So um, good for the people that are standing up for that city because it has been uh, just a travesty to watch that. And on top of it, what's very sad is um, is that New York City, um, for most of you uh, that, that have been there and know that, it did not recover after COVID. And anyone that is saying that does not live there or, or lives a very charmed life in New York. Uh, we lived on the Midtown East, um, so a big part of living in New York City was uh, big lunches and happy hour and, and weekends and, and all, all the fun stuff walking around the city that is not the city anymore, and a lot of the storefronts did not come back. Uh, there are also a influx during COVID until now of uh, of pot shops all over Manhattan. A lot of people complaining about the quality of life inside and outside. These are also targets for uh, criminality. Um, apparently over 2000 NYPD cops have been assaulted uh, since the beginning of the year, which isn't that long ago. Um, and on top of that, as you know, uh, Letitia James um, and Judge Erdogan have ordered Trump to pay uh, the initial number was $354 million. On top of that, $100 million in interest with, I believe, 90000 a day until he turns that in. Um, Judge Erdogan came out and said that uh, even though, obviously, there are no victims of this crime and nobody can really say where that money's going, except for if you put what I've said before this topic and this together, you can imagine where the money's going. I believe that it goes into some kind of general fund for New York. Um, but apparently, uh, uh, Judge, uh, Judge uh, Kathy Hochul, uh, who we thought when, uh, when Cuomo went away, you know, could it get worse? Oh, yes, it could. And Kathy Hochul came out to reassure New Yorkers that it was only Donald Trump that would ever be tried for such a thing because of Donald Trump's behavior and that uh, other New Yorkers were not in danger, which of course made a lot of people that we know, including real estate developers on that level, uh, very unhappy because that is obviously not true. If they did it to Trump, they could do it to anyone. I'm sure everyone saw Kevin O'Leary and other people, uh, billionaire type people coming out and saying that this was so dangerous. Uh, the, the government has been weaponized against us, but uh, for Judge uh, for Hochul to come out and say specifically that this was just about Donald Trump and who he is and what he's done is, is really egregious. On top of that, 
um, what we learned from Jonathan Turley also is that the $455 million must be paid by Donald Trump before he's able to, to have an appeal. Uh, I don't know how this happened, but this is a New York law, apparently. And basically, uh, if Trump wants to appeal the verdict, he has to first pay the amount of money that he that Judge Erdogan alone decided he owes. So uh, think about that for people that do not have the kind of money that Donald Trump has that are unable to pay. So if there is an egregious situation and an unjust verdict, and uh, again, this uh, Donald Trump himself put up, um, I believe, uh, the Eighth Amendment about um, you know excessive um, fines and uh, egregious behavior by the government um, being a problem in this case as well. But whatever the case may be, he has to pay that entire amount of money to even start the appeals process in New York, which seems to me like that should be unconstitutional. But apparently, uh, Rob, what are your thoughts on that? What about people, I mean, that get railroaded, you know, his, his, uh, I believe his 75-year-old accountant, they put in Rikers and, and all kinds of things. This seems very... Um, I just, I did not know that you could, you couldn't hold it to the appeal. And you know that Leticia James came out yesterday and said she would, she would seize Trump tower and Trump's properties, which happened to be some of the nicest uh, buildings and uh, hotels in the world. Uh, if he does not come up with this money even faster than it's supposed to be there legally, any thoughts on that, Rob? Well, I think anyone in the world of business uh, or, uh, you know, anyone who has any kind of commerce uh, is going to be should be terrified of this because what basically what it says is they can if they don't like the way you act the way you look the way you think uh, then they vote. can the uh, you, you know develop some yep um, they can uh, you know drum drum up some charges and then they can create some sort of a you know massive uh, you know uh, uh, financial liability that that would kill your business and they're kicking him out of New York. You know, every developer basically in the country, probably in the world, does business the way Donald Trump did. So uh, these banks are, are big boys. They have all kinds of accountants and lawyers and appraisers and and they have, uh, you know, all kinds of systems in place to make sure that they're making the decision that they want to make. And they that's how they operate. And if you're a business person, you give your facts and then the bank looks at it. And then you come to a an agreement and that's it. I mean, that's a commercial transaction. So anyone involved in any type of commercial transaction now should be concerned about New York and they need to stand up and absolutely push back on this nonsense because yeah. it's, it's, it will destroy New York. Well, what's most egregious? Southern District of New York is well known. Everyone knows about Cy Vance's hatred of Donald Trump and everything else. Um, there's been many, many problems there, but it is also where the Wiener laptop went to die and the Epstein case went to die. The Southern District of New York, a lot of people say, is even more powerful than the Department of Justice, which I will prove in a little while has very little power of its own right now. But um, uh, again, the Eighth Amendment says um, that there shall be no excessive bail shall not be required nor excessive fines imposed no nor cruel and unusual punishments inflicted uh in this case all of that is a violation of the eighth amendment and uh but the problem is and there are a lot of people out there that are saying you know if the supreme court is for anything it should be for stepping in here but we know how that works they say that they don't have standing or they can't do anything which isn't true but apparently um you know, there are people out there that are saying that um, the appeals court should step in and, and reverse this immediately. 
Um, this guy is walking around like he's a hero. Letitia James put out tweets and she's she's going out to dinner last night, I guess it appears maybe with some of Adam's team and other people that came down to celebrate her, uh, that anyone would feel that this is good. And I see it online. I see them all, but I'll tell you, uh, this is the litmus test for what we're dealing with in America. Only a sociopath would think that this is okay. And somebody that is completely deranged and that hates you more than they hate Trump, because this is not about Trump. As I always say, this is about demoralizing and, um, dehumanizing and wearing down the 80 million plus people who voted for Trump so that we give up on him. Um, now I do want to get to, uh, that came up on the screen and I do want to get to another thing that's come out. So everyone saw the Fannie Willis, um, uh, debacle. Uh, apparently, uh, the view and MSNBC, of course, which is of course, Intel government media, um, they thought Fannie Willis was just great. She was, she was uh, the pride of, of law, of law doing, uh, of, of lawfare or whatever. Um, they were cheering her on. And then, you know, anyone that put her down was of course, racist or misogynistic or whatever. But something did come out that I think is pretty important, and, and this is coming out in all of the cases, and I certainly do hope that there are people looking into uh, Erdogan and Letitia James, and at some point, maybe the pendulum will swing. The crazy part about all these uh, cases, Rob, and all these people is that James, Erdogan, Chutkin, uh, all the January 6th persecutors and judges, the uh, Fannie Willis and this judge I'm going to talk about in a minute, a minute uh, Jack Smith, they all seem to think that the pendulum will never swing swing back to the other side. And the more I'm hearing, even from my friends, libertarian, I have a lot of libertarian friends that I'm a big fan of and, and other people out there. It doesn't matter. Everyone is watching what's going on and it actually is pushing people towards Trump because if all these people are this, uh, uh, this low principle, this vindictive, this cruel, using the lawfare like they are, it, it's not hurting him. It's actually showing that he is a threat to the deep state, to the fifth column, to the fourth uh, branch of government. And um, and that is a real problem for everyone. We are all equally in danger of what's happened to our government uh, being turned on us and weaponized against us. And all they're doing is showing that nobody's, when they say nobody's above the law, they're doing everything they can um, to point out that Donald Trump is the highest person that they could have gone after, a former president who committed no crimes. Um, and, uh, so here we are, Fannie Willis, uh, the judge in the Fannie Willis case, not only, uh, donated to Fannie Willis and didn't disclose that before, you know, it's like, it's like Chuck, Chuck Ken worked with, uh, Burisma and Hunter Biden and all these January six cases. And she was the only person that Jack Smith that could be on the Jack Smith case. Well, I guess judge, uh, McAfee is the only judge that could be on this case. Not only did he, um, donate to Fannie Willis's, uh, a, a campaign, but she, he used to work for her. So these people have a long relationship. Uh, obviously he supports her in more than just a professional capacity. He wanted her to win DA. And not only is he sitting in, not only is he the judge in this case, but he's the judge that gets to decide if she should be disqualified and if Wade should be disqualified. Obviously he had no experience whatsoever in RICO cases. Uh, the evidence is very clear that this whole case should be uh, put into different hands. I thought that when the, when the girl came out, um, it was obviously leaked for lawfare purposes. 
versus lawfare being uh, using the law, you know, in novel ways to go after your political or opponents of some sort to destroy them, disgrace them, bankrupt them, ruin them in the public eye and use the media to pump up stories that aren't real so that public opinion is, is against the person even more than actual criminality, which usually ends up not being criminality, but it's always too late. Like uh, Nancy Pelosi and the wrap up smear speech. So um, this is a, another thing. But on the flip side of that, would you believe Fannie Willis got an award at her church over the weekend after all of that show and and the huffing and puffing and and everything that happened on the stand. Then she went to her church and she got a Black History Achievement Award at the Atlanta uh, uh, church that she belongs to. There's the whole um, uh uh, what's his name? Uh, there's a whole network down there in Atlanta and um, they have multiple states where they have churches. It's a big church network. They're very involved with the Democratic Party and um, the uh, Clyburn, the, the champion, the original champion of uh, Joe Biden to be president. Uh, Clyburn is very big in this uh, AME network. It's a network of churches and um, very big in all of the states where um, where there were questionable uh, swing states, especially, but questionable elections. And so they work in tandem. And apparently uh, this church in, um, in Fulton County uh, awarded her a, the highest award. And she came and she spoke a Bible verse, of course, uh, Isaiah, of course, 54, 17, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Well, I would say that she's the weapon that's been formed against President Trump and his voters and 18 other co-defendants in a fraudulent fake RICO case. And that Brian Kemp is, is standing, is, is acting like, no, no, I don't want anything to do with it. You know, right after he came back, of course, from Davos is, is pretty disturbing. Um, Rob, any thoughts on this, uh, this situation where they keep picking judges that uh, obviously should recuse themselves and do not? Well, that whole case was just a joke. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the conflicts of interest there are off the charts. Um, I think it's very interesting that she chose a, a you know, basically a, the Bible verse is exactly, it's kind of that, that upside down language that they use where they, you know, they, they, they're projecting because this is exactly what she's doing to uh, Trump and the other uh, folks that she's going after in Georgia. So, um, I, you know, and then, you know, she wins awards failing up as they usually do. It's it's quite extraordinary. But but it's yeah. it's really puts Trump in a, in a light that, you know, he's so much more sympathetic to um, I know to so I many minority communities that have been that have been uh, abused by the legal system, have been uh, abused by the, the justice system and just held down and, um, uh, you know, uh, basically haven't gotten a fair shake across the board. Yeah. And it's also very sad because, you know, Letitia James, I guess she thinks that she's going to be in power forever. I don't know what, what, what above her is, is this, but she came out and she said, if he does not have the funds to pay off this judgment, then we will seek enforcement mechanisms in court and we will ask the judge to seize his assets. He's also not allowed to do business in New York. Donald Trump, the person who built New York, we live right down the street from there. And uh, and it's such a big part. Trump Plaza, he used to own the plaza, but uh, the entire Trump Tower and the Trump uh, Hotel on the corner of Columbus Circle and the Trump downtown. I mean, these are iconic buildings in the city, his whole business. There I mean, used this to be is just people, unbelievable. There were people lined up around the corner and down the block just to walk through his, his, his iconic tower where he had his uh, his main home. I've known 
you know, other people that have, uh, you know, uh, either had stores there or whatnot. And it, it's, um, it's a beautiful building. And, and he does, uh, he does, he's, he's, he totally transformed the New York real estate, um, kind of the way it looked and the way it felt for, for a very long time. And, and he was lauded for that. And now they're destroying him. Yeah. And, uh, and then also there is a, uh, filing in the documents case that we went through last week with the 739 charge that is ludicrous and has nothing to do with Trump. Um, many of you, uh, probably saw my shows this week. I had great shows with, uh, Cash Patel and George, uh, Papadopoulos and other people about, um, really digging into this. Uh, we talked about last week, uh, that, uh, three-part series that came out from Matt Tabibi, uh, Michael Schellenberger and their partners, um, kind of going back to revisit um, actually how the entire Russia, Russia, Russia thing started and uh, that it started well before Crossfire Hurricane, basically by John Brennan uh, going to the Five Eyes Nations and having uh, multiple people bump or create the illusion of, uh, of collusion, the illusion of relationships between 20 people, not just uh, Trump campaign officials, but also Ben Carson was on there, Alex Jones was on there, and basically to create the illusion that there was some kind of relationships with Russian people, even though many of the people were not Russian. Um, and what has come out in the last few days is that um, a Weiss, who's one of the Delaware attorneys, uh, that is closely related to um, everything having to do with the Bidens, obviously from Delaware. Um, they have arrested uh, Smirnov, one of their confidential human inf uh, informants that has been working with them for over, it looks like 15 years. So um, what's going on is that, so they arrest this Smirnov, Weiss arrests this Smirnov guy. Um, and then he goes through a... Uh, so what we're looking at with this person is that they're saying that he gave false information as a confidential informant to the FBI about the Biden's relationship with Burisma. But a lot of the Biden Burisma stuff is proven by bank records and by um, testimony by people that were involved and by what his father did and announced at the Council of Foreign Relations with um, the payer play to kick out the prosecutor. Um, also all the payments are documented. So, um, it looks like the Delaware U S attorney's office, uh, have, uh, said that Smirnoff is a, is a Russian asset, even though he's been working with them for years. Um, and that for three years, uh, that he was feeding the FBI misinformation, uh, or, um, uh, to some extent about Hunter Biden and Burisma. Again, we have the whole laptop that 51 officials, including I saw oddly enough, one of the 51 officials that, that, uh, signed off on the lie that the laptop was Russian disinformation, uh, knowing full well, since they already had it, uh, that it was actually Hunter Biden's actual laptop and everything on it was actually real. Um, I saw Michael Morell, uh, the former intelligence official, uh, um, that signed that one of them, I saw he came out and he's donating to Nikki Haley, which is very strange. So military industrial complex, that's just a side note, but these 51 officials keep showing up and tweeting and all of that. When they totally lied to the American people, they shouldn't no remorse, no shame. They still are playing along, but now we have the scenario where they're entering in the entire Russia collusion nonsense on top of them telling a lot of stories about, um, the, uh, Russian opposition, um, 
Navalny, who uh, died in custody this week, they're saying that uh, they're out there saying all these politicians, people over the world are saying that Putin assassinated him. There's zero evidence that Putin assassinated him. We really don't know what happened to him for sure. Um, but uh, then they're all going around, Rob, saying that like Putin puts his political opposition in jail as we're watching what they're doing to Trump and about 400 uh, collateral damage of anyone connected to Trump from Navarro to all the lawyers to anyone that questioned the election to the January 6th people. But they're very upset about uh, Navalny, uh, which is a developing story. It was a little odd that his wife happened to be at the uh, Munich uh, conference at the same time that it was announced and then went and made a speech crying and then did a, an interview with Kamala Harris and all this stuff. So the Russia, Russia, Russia thing is coming back. I saw, I hope everyone's following uh, the actions of the uh, architect, in my opinion, not just of all of these cases, but of the fraudulent Mueller investigation. That was an investigation into a fake uh, operation. So the Mueller investigation was investigating the fake and fraudulent uh, crossfire hurricane investigation, all to uh, stop Donald Trump and the people that do not want the uh, model of global totalitarian uh, one party governance happening here. Um, but anyway, so this guy was arrested. They're saying that he gave false information. They said that he was a flight risk. Apparently that did not work. He was let out. Um, but it is it is an attempt to revisit um, the entire lie of Russia collusion. Um, I do want to remind everyone that the biggest thing that it was never proven and I believe is a lie and has to do more with Seth Rich and uh, Julian Assange than whatever else is Crossfire Hurricane was launched because they said that Russia hacked the DNC servers, which was never proven and never out there. And we'll get more into that. But I just want to say with everything that's come out in the last two weeks, everything that came out four years ago between Conservative Treehouse and Last Refuge Amazing Reporting and Lee Smith and uh, George Papadopoulos himself, who I call Patient Zero of the Fraudulent Crossfire Hurricane Operation, um, they are going back to everything is Russia. Everything is Russia. And then when Tucker Carlson um, interviewed Putin, they needed to really triple down to get the, the dialogue back that everything was Russia. And many things have happened since then, including this guy getting arrested. Um, the very bizarre uh, warning from um, Mike Turner of Ohio last week that there was a uh, a um, he said that there was a serious national security threat that had something to do with Russia putting something in space uh then navalny dies and now we're at a place where if you could play the clip of um of um anderson cooper uh vanderbilt and um and uh the um levi strauss air talking about russia 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 again not only is there no evidence of any wrongdoing by President Biden, but it now appears as if the House Republican majority is being used by Russia to interfere in the 2024 election on behalf of Donald Trump. If they continue with this investigation, they are simply doing the work of Vladimir Putin to help Donald Trump win an election in November. That's where we are. I mean, we are really you know, at Mel? a point of ridiculousness. Rob, go ahead. Uh, it's just too crazy yeah. to believe that this is going on, which I, I will get into why. Go ahead. You know, you've you've spoken a lot and talked to a lot of people that are, are very well versed in uh, mind wars, propaganda, MK Ultra. You know, controlling the narrative, media control. So, what what I see happening here is that they're losing the narrative. 
Um, and then they have these little data points that they can use to trigger like Pavlov's dog, you know, using these emotional yeah. triggers to get people that, that may not be following the news too much to bring it back into the cycle, the Russia, Russia, Russia. And don't forget, they've, we've been uh, uh, demonizing Russia for, you know, I don't know, 50, 60, 70 years, whatever the number, you know, you know, for the history of most people that are, are alive. So um, so they, they use that that narrative control, that propaganda to get at the, the low information folks that are watching mainstream media to, to keep them, you know, uh, on, you know, you know basically confused about what's really going on and it gets them emotionally charged. That's my yeah, and what's so Yeah. And what's so crazy here is it, we know all the, there's so much evidence on the Burisma, including financial transactions. They're trying to smear, obviously the government controlled and uh, Intel run uh, media out there, especially New York Times, Washington Post, MSNBC and friends. They're trying to smear now Bobolinsky, who came out before the election to tell everyone that he was a compromise with Burisma and and all and CEFC and all this stuff. The the poor um, uh, computer repairman who wanted nothing to do with this, all of this evidence out there. So basically Smirnoff claim that Burisma executives said that Hunter and Joe Biden pressured them to pay $5 million each in bribes to ensure that uh, the Ukrainian prosecutor's office left Burisma untouched. Well, Joe Biden sat on the state council of foreign relations and said that he held back a billion dollars that he he was not allowed to hold back. It was already uh, allocated to Ukraine, but so that's not true or it's not legal. Um, and he sat on the stage and he said, I told them to fire the prosecutor that was looking into my son. And if they didn't, I would take the money and leave. And, they, and he, you know, he gloated that they fired the prosecutor and the whole room clapped. So whatever they're talking about here, there's plenty of evidence that there was a lot of wrongdoing having to do with Burisma. And then um, also this this has to do with Smirnov's reporting was also in the FD 1023 uh, that Chuck Grassley released to the public. Uh, after whistleblowers suggested that the Delaware U.S. Attorney's Office had failed to investigate uh, the confidential informant's claims. Now, that same uh, U.S. attorney has arrested the guy and is basically saying that um, what he was saying he uh, was reporting about uh, 2014, 2015, and 2017 was not true. So uh, the whole thing sounds like a reversal trying to head back to uh, the Russia hoax. Um, now, Rob, when you when you look at all this Russia, Russia, Russia stuff, you know, the one thing we talk about the most is that uh, that there was also a situation where I believe it has been admitted that um, that there were dozens of FBI sources uh, that gave criminal information on Biden and the DOJ um, to uh, over these years. So it says more than 40 confidential sources provided criminal information related to the Biden family to the FBI which the Justice Department tried to discredit as foreign disinformation. The confidential human sources managed by several different FBI field offices supplied the Bureau with details of potential crimes by Hunter Biden, James Biden, and Joe Biden dating back to while he was the vice president of the United States. And this had to do with many different countries, including Russia, Ukraine, and China. So 40 confidential informants they've i guess snagged one and what it looks like is maybe he said something's wrong we know what they do they say well you didn't say this right so we'll arrest you and say that you lied to us about this little thing 
But if the FBI had 40 confidential sources and they arrested one and now Daniel Goldman, you know, of the impeachment, the false Ukraine impeachment hoax, don't forget Daniel Goldman that's speaking right there saying that Russia is trying to help Trump again was one of the witnesses in the fake Norm Eisen impeachment hoax over the call to Ukraine about the Biden allegations. So it's a, it's a little web that they weave, but what do you make of that? 40 confidential sources, it's been admitted, have given criminal information about the Bidens to, um, to uh, this investigation. And uh, so they get one. And what about all the other ones? They're all lying too? Well, we had an interesting show that we recorded uh, a few days ago with Garrett O'Boyle, who's a FBI whistleblower. Uh, we've spoken to a number of other FBI whistleblowers, and we've seen the way the FBI has been, you know, basically out from the inside. And, uh, you know, they talked about it as as the leadership and and they've been kind of purging those that stand for, uh, you know, the rule of law and the oath of office that they take. So, um, you know, we have a big problem with uh the FBI and the other uh, agencies that are supposed to be, you know, you know, for the people and for justice, truth and transparency. Uh, so I, it doesn't surprise me that that this was squashed and this was shut down because they could do that in private because these people are all probably in some way, you know, compromised, not compromised personally, but in a compromising well, situation because they're feeding information. Right. And uh, to a federal yeah. agency, so so yeah, so we're in a very dangerous place because the people that are supposed to protect us um, are not doing that at all, and quite frankly, they've they've turned uh, against us. Yeah, and I think it's more than that. And I just want to say, if you didn't see my show last week, uh, my Wednesday night Planet Chaos, I went through a lot of stuff. I found a lot, and it's very disturbing to find this information out about our country and what's happened here, and all the distractions, including the. Uh, collapse of the markets in 2008 when Obama was ushered in and many things that happened, including uh, the uh, this the I guess convincing the American people somehow that the Patriot Act was a good thing for our country when I think it is the one of the worst things that happened to this nation and certainly should be revisited as being reversed. And uh, it certainly is unconstitutional, in my opinion. But so much damage has been done in the name of the Patriot Act. And then again, um, under Obama and Holder, they they really did a lot of things that people don't really understand to make the Patriot Act really a weapon against their political opposition, which would be anyone that wasn't, in my opinion, for the global governance uh, plans of which Obama signed us up on uh, for in 2015, uh, Obama and friends and all of them that are all globalists, most of the people in his cabinet are trilateralists and uh, CFR people. And obviously Larry Fink, who I think is the most powerful person probably in America right now, um, at least at least uh, manipulating uh, what's going on in this nation on a high level, uh, is involved at the highest level of the World Economic Forum and the Great Reset and the Central Bank Digital Currency and the ESG scores and all the things that enter us into uh, Agenda 2030. And um, as we all know from my show that in September of 2023, uh, the Biden-Harris regime recommitted uh, the halfway point to Agenda 2030. At that point, they had a big event with the UN and uh, BlackRock obviously was there, but also the IMF. They invited back in the Clinton Global Initiative uh, to celebrate the halfway mark to Agenda 2030, which of course the main concern of Agenda 2030 is that there's no more nation states 
that it is a global governance model because according to them, because of the WHO pandemics and the uh, global climate change and the global wars and the, and the global financial system problems that because there's global problems, there needs to be a global government. And uh, that does not start now, that starts way back when, but I believe that's a lot of what we're dealing with here. Um, in terms of that, I do wanna say, Rob, because we've talked about this many times, I firmly believe that um, the people behind all of the persecutions of Donald Trump are the same people that were uh, involved in Crossfire Hurricane and the Mueller uh, phony investigation. And of course, both impeachments, they were involved in the Transition Integrity Project a year before the election, that uh, before COVID, that uh, gamed out in simulations every way Trump could win and then went and attacked how to, how to undo that. So, um, and make sure that that did not happen by any means necessary. I believe as we proved last week on the show, uh, a memo by the two uh, main architects of lawfare, I believe against Donald Trump, um, Norm Eisen and uh, Andrew Weissman, who who's gloating all over all the time if you follow him. He got a TV show on MSNBC, of course, to follow the Trump trials, where his friend who's also been involved from the start, Mary McCord comes on a lot and talks about that even if Trump wins, they're not gonna let him do anything. And in fact, she even said to MSNBC, that or NBC itself, that uh, Mary McCord and other people are looking at everything that Trump has done, could do, might do in office, and they're preparing now legally to make sure he doesn't get anything done if he is in fact elected, which should scare everyone. But when I look through all of this, Rob, I have to tell you, the one thing that makes me um, most disturbed is that I believe that Bill Barr was fully aware of everything that happened here. It does appear to me in retrospect that Bill Barr was the one person that could have actually stopped this. You know, it, there is plenty of evidence, like I, I mentioned before, obviously, um, The Last Refuge, Lee Smith, Epoch Times. Uh, there's many other people, John Solomon, um, uh, obviously a lot of uh, the podcasters that follow this. There's evidence that not only was there sedition and treason committed against a sitting duly elected president, but that many other people in Congress and Senate and outside and citizens of the United States were all surveilled, were all um, spied on, uh, were all, many, many people have been lawfared by this group. It is a small group. I call them the fifth column, but uh, they seem to be writing all of the Trump cases, including the New York case, the Georgia case, the Jack Smith case. Uh, these memos are coming down from Brookings and Andrew Weissman's uh, Soros funded, kind of funded uh, Just Security crew is uh, Eisen's thing that he started, oddly enough, called um, Center for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington and, uh, and States United, Eisen's other group. Well, they wrote a memo, okay, Eisen and Weissman, that uh, was all the things, it was all the lawfare, it was the novel legal theories for almost every single one of these cases and put them through uh, the liaison between, um, back in the day, between Obama and Hillary Clinton's State Department, where a lot of this, you know, weaponizing of the intel agencies against the people was uh, percolating in the early days of Holder and Obama. And so they're going, these memos are going to Monaco. Next thing you know, Fannie Willis is putting out a very complex RICO case that obviously if you saw her on the stand or saw Wade on the stand, they did not write. These are a complex, manipulated, lawfare, poison ivy, league level uh, uh, arguments, twisting, you know, different cases and different case law to make it fit 
uh, perfectly into something that it does not. That takes a lot of smarts, unfortunately. Um, the Letitia James case, same thing, and especially the Jack Smith case. There's actually a memo. Um, anyone can go look on Brookings, especially, which is obviously funded by, as everyone knows, there was big investigations that were dropped in 2023 against Brookings, but they were very involved in the original Trump cases. They have an entire war room and multiple, multiple sections on their website, including their lawfare website that are very uh, obviously anti-Trump, but they have basically an anti-Trump legal war room. Uh, Eisen's very big over there. And the memo is very suspect that they wrote and everyone should go look at it and take a look at it. But when I talk about all of that, what I do want to say is that uh, we, the people, there they are. These are all memos written by Norm Eisen or uh, Andrew Weissman or both for every single case. And they were given, uh, it seems like a lot of work product. Obviously, they have a lot of funding, Brookings, China, Qatar, all the large left-wing globalist billionaires put money into Brookings. And obviously, this Just Security, you can go look it up, who puts money into there. It's at NYU Law, where I believe Weissman teaches. A lot of these other people, um, they also all uh, work at... Um, at Georgetown Law and other places, a bunch of the Crossfire Hurricane and Mueller Report. Mueller Report is really the Weissman Report. So what I'm saying here is that had any of these people been held accountable for treason, sedition, collusion, uh, spying, uh, you know, anything that they were doing while the President Trump was in office, even what they, nobody's even looked into what they were doing over at West Exec, where uh, Blinken uh, Jen Psaki and Avril Haines and all these people were over there. So we were at a place where um, who knows what was going on because then Bill Barr comes in, he gets the uh, report from Weissman of uh, the Mueller report. What's really, really disturbing about the Mueller report uh, that, that uh, Bill Barr got, and this is why I really look at Bill Barr and, I, and I'm not sure why Trump picked him or who had him pick him. But it does seem that Bill Barr's priority was not justice, certainly was not Donald Trump or justice for him or any of the collateral damage around him, uh, certainly was not his oath of office to the Constitution or to we the people. But Bill Barr, it appears, got a Weissman document, uh, the Mueller report that we all know about. And in that report, um, I'm trying to, uh, let's see, in that report, um, that I pulled up here, it appears that there was nothing about the um, Crossfire Hurricane, how that came to be. There was nothing about, it appears, Fusion GPS. There was nothing about- So, so they uh, weren't and, able to do, so Bill Barr wasn't able to do any of the work that you've been able to do from your laptop in, uh, in your living room? It seems impossible. And and that, that's the craziest part, because I was looking into this yesterday because I'm thinking, how is Weissman and, and Eisen and Weissman's out there? He's a show. They're always tweeting. They got all their like uh, Ivy League elitist lawyer friends tweeting and laughing about what's happening to Trump. Weissman's having Mary McCord on there on his podcast laughing, you know, Saki, who was not a a. a she was, she's an operative. She's, she's always been, she's out there laughing. They're all laughing. And it's funny because Bill Barr, it looks like is protecting the institutions of the intelligence agencies. Um, you know, he you was know in what? office. Or, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because a lot of the uh, whistleblowers that we've talked to within the intelligence community have all mm -hmm. said that they said that there's been a, a kind of, they've, they've reoriented 
or maybe they always were, because don't forget how these agencies were founded and, and how they've evolved, uh, but that it was always about protecting in the institution. And so a lot of these these big institutions and even and these the, the even larger, like the military industrial or pharmaceutical, they're all about protecting their institutions and not about serving any type of, of greater good or any type of uh, oath of office or with any consideration to the people that they're supposed to be serving. So, I mean, I think that's that's pretty telling. And we need to have a kind of a morals clause uh, in these, um, you know, in their. Uh, uh, you well, know. first, we have to identify that there's a problem and there's a fourth branch of the government that was created out of the Patriot Act. Now, uh, most of my audience knows, I don't know if everyone that's watching this knows, the Patriot Act was written well before 9-11. It was sold to us as to being about terrorists. But uh, Joe Biden and other people, Chertoff, I believe Dick Cheney, uh, a lot of these people were involved in writing the Patriot Act. Uh, many people have learned from Mike Benz uh, this week on Tucker. Uh, certainly, we've done many shows on it, especially my shows with flyover conservatives about this topic. But um, basically, uh, Dick Cheney and, and a bunch of people were very involved in writing the Patriot Act. And then out of the Patriot Act, member, we didn't have a Department of Homeland Security. We didn't have a Department of National Intelligence. Out of that came these departments uh, and out of that also became mass surveillance, especially electronic surveillance. And it was to monitor supposedly terrorists overseas, terrorists abroad. Um, everyone knows about uh, the Edward Snowden disclosures about our metadata and all the people that they were that they were spying on through these uh, things that came literally out of the Patriot Act. Just this week, they're talking about the 702 warrantless surveillance. Uh, that they want to continue. Rand Paul's been, I see, the only person really, Mike Lee, a couple other people fighting against. There should be no warrantless surveillance of anything. But it does appear that when Holder and Obama came in after the Patriot Act was already installed, it does seem that that's when it really changed. They put in uh, a new division. Um, I believe that it's called the... Um, the um, Division of National Security in the Department of Justice. And in that new uh, National Security Division that worked with DHS, DNI, and then I guess the FBI, I don't think that there's any, from what I'm digging into and, and looking at this, I think that's like a fourth branch of the government that has no constitutionality, no checks and balances, no oversight, and basically runs on its own under the premise of what happened on 9-11, led to the Patriot Act, led to the Patriot Act leading to domestic surveillance and um, gathering mass electronic communications without a warrant of American citizens uh, and from that point on, it doesn't appear that anything has been done to rein that in. So uh, the DHS, ODNI, DOJ, FBI all seem to have now their own branch of government. And what it appears is that they are not, um, you know, that the biggest tell of that that I'm finding here is that um, it appears that when, so it looks like when, um, uh, Bill Barr got the Weissman report and there was no collusion found between Trump and Russia. I repeat, there was no collusion between Trump and Russia. Then he goes to hire John Durham, okay, comes in as a special counsel. I think this whole special counsel thing is also some kind of diversion tactic at this point. So he goes to get John, John Durham in, it looks like three months after the Weissman report comes in. 
he has John Durham then go look into um, Crossfire Hurricane, but John Durham now is not allowed to talk or to or see the work product or uh, look into the Mueller team. So the Mueller Weissman team that I guess did the investigation of if there was Russia collusion with Trump in the 2016 campaign and forward uh, is totally separate and siloed. And and then when John Durham is asked about it, he says that that wasn't part of what he was allowed to look into. So at so this think point, about it now. Yeah. So so if you wanted to kind of so time has there time has factors. So if you can stretch something out and you can add a lot of other noise in between that time, whether it's one year or two years, three years, you, you bring in these special counsels, you lock down that whole investigation, you give them some kind of parameters with it, within which to work. It makes it sound legitimate. And then they come out at some point with some sort of watered down uh, findings, and but it's it's already kind of way past the news cycle. So it's another way of saying that well, we can't deal with that because it's under an investigation. So these are tactics. You know, we have to kind of under we have to see their tactics, um, and and even a lot of these uh, uh, you know congressional and and Senate hearings uh, where they 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 ask people questions and they can lie on the stand and they 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 have these back and forths and whatever, pointless. but nothing right. nothing ever gets done. No, no, it's, it's they're all protecting each other. They don't care at all about truth, justice, the American people. But my biggest issue is we wouldn't be here. Probably Donald Trump would have won the 2020 election. We'd be way towards another place. And, and this country would be thriving and prospering. There wouldn't be wars all over the war, world. Ukraine wouldn't have happened. Israel wouldn't have happened. Our border wouldn't be open if these people were held accountable by Bill Barr. That's what I'm saying here. Bill Barr had the ability to shut these people down. Instead, they put themselves back in office, went back into a fifth column because all these guys, Eisen and Weissman and all the people that now teach at Harvard Law, I mean, at um, at Georgetown Law, a lot of them pre-step, a lot of the main people went on to have teaching positions at Ivy League law schools or at uh, like Rod Rosenstein just ran off into the sunset. But what I'm saying is a lot of people say they want to go forward. You know, we want to or, or they want to find out what happened in 2020. I think we should go back and get these people on the stand and find out what happened here. Bill Barr, I believe, in, it did the opposite of what he was supposed to do for this nation and for this country and for truth and justice. I may be right, I may be wrong, but this is what I'm seeing. And I wanted to say, and this is a, a great testament, if you are not following the conservative treehouse and the last refuge, I do not know who that man is, but he loves this country and he has done such great work. And I've learned so much from um, digging into things that he puts out there. So I highly recommend people follow him. But um, what I do wanna say is that there is a video of Elise Stefanik questioning James Comey that you can find out there. And she's asking him in 2017, I believe, about what happened and why, like what was going on. And she's asking him uh, about the operation against President Trump. So this is in the investigation phase. And um, basically it was March, 2017, looking into the uh, spying on Trump and everything that was going on. And James Comey says that basically the DOJ um, wasn't, uh, that nobody outside of the intelligence community really knew what was going on. 
He says no one outside the DOJ was informed about what the FBI operation was, meaning crossfire hurricane. Okay, so this means that there was no checks and balances over the entire uh, group. And his his reasoning was was simply it says because of the sensitivity of the matter. I believe that's also what he used when he decided to not charge Hillary Clinton with her uh, very very uh, disturbing server that was had. Uh, was being sent all over the world and it was in her bathroom or whatever and they decided not to charge her that was a sensitive thing but what he's basically saying is that you know the doj and the fbi you know they basically are independent and they don't need to tell anyone anything including the president it appears that uh james comey also said that all he had to do was share his information of crossfire hurricane with the national security uh council and the head of the National Security Council at the time was who? Susan Rice. I mean, so what we're talking about is a very small group of people that have captured the entire intelligence community. We got John Brennan out there trying to set up stuff to have a an illusion of a of, of people, 20 different people, including Donald Trump's team and campaign, uh, interacting with Russian assets to set the precedent for seven, eight months later to open Crossfire Hurricane and ever since this same group of people have been manipulating this country from a fourth branch of government that has no oversight i mean this should scare everyone and then you're watching what's happening with leticia james and you're watching the supreme court do nothing and you're watching uh, joe biden not get it i mean his documents case is far worse than anything they possibly have on trump then we're finding out about a missing binder of information that Donald Trump as president was obviously allowed to declassify, but it turns out that um, uh, Gina, uh, Haspel, Gina Haspel, who why Trump picked her, I don't know. She was running the UK branch of the CIA that was setting up all this stuff with Clapper for the bumpins and the helper and the, and the Mifsud. She didn't allow this binder to be released. A lot of people think that the, whatever was in that binder really was the evidence of these people's criminality during Crossfire Hurricane, and that that is one of the bigger reasons that they went into uh, Mar-a-Lago. But I think that the person that really should be the American people and not going on Sunday night show, uh, Sunday morning, uh, left wing and uh, and globalists were on news shows. Uh, that would be Bill Barr talking about Trump being the problem and Trump being wrong about the election and Trump being wrong about January 6th and Trump being hard to work with. Uh, I think people should be asking uh, Bill Barr, what he knew and when he knew it and why he never went after these people and why he siloed um, the Durham investigation away from the Mueller team, away from what happened before Crossfire Hurricane. Apparently, when Mueller was on the stand and he was asked about the um, origins of Crossfire Hurricane, he said it wasn't in the purview of what he was uh, investigating. So then they're also saying that the Mueller team didn't look into the origins of Crossfire Hurricane at all. I mean, do you understand the levels of what we're dealing with here, Rob, and that these people were also involved in the run-up to the 2020 election? And we know that because Molly Ball's article told us that. So I just think that we have an unconstitutional, no checks and balances, no oversight, branch of the government that is an intelligence branch that is not supposed to be in the United States of America and is unconstitutional and is also funded with public-private partnership money because, again, DHS has a relationship with who? What Mike Ben said, and we've reported, and many other people have, 
is that DHS was running the censorship campaign before the 2020 election. So uh, all of this, how does this make you feel? Because when I'm reading this stuff and I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, so Bill Barr obviously knew that sedition happened, treason happened, spying happened, that the entire Russia collusion thing was a lie. Does he also know about the Russians hacking the DNC server, if that happened at all, ever? Does he know what happened to Seth Rich? Does he know anything about any, he he should know everything. He also, don't forget everyone, he worked for George H.W. Bush, George Bush, Clinton, and, uh, and Trump. So, are you saying that Bill Barr knew none of this stuff? Didn't didn't think that any of these people should be looked at further? I think it's extraordinary that they they put up these um, these 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 kind of guide rails, or they say it's a you know it's not in my purview, or um, it's um, you know, or when the courts say that uh, we you know we don't have uh, you know standing, um, isn't their job to find? truth to to uncover you know criminality or illegality uh, <clears throat> to uh, fairly investigate things to create transparency for the american people so we can have a more you know a fair honest open and just society and then do better for the country i mean it seems that the only thing they care about is their jobs and the institutions that they uh that they're protecting it's it's quite a um it, you know it's very disappointing that there is no, you know, the, the the character of these people is 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 so impugned. It's 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 um, it, it's quite um, it's very very disappointing. And we the people are not going to stand for it. We need people in these positions that actually care about their jobs in a way that it's supposed to. That is serving we the yeah. people and serving and the constitution. Also- yeah, I, I mean, it does look like all these people do is they protect each other, protect the institution, the institutions that probably shouldn't exist. And like you said, we had on Garrett O'Boyle this week, his story is horrendous. Uh, Kyle Serafin, Steve Friend, all the IRS whistleblowers, they're all telling us the same thing. A, whistleblowers to, to these people that we're talking about are the enemy. They're not the heroes that they are and they should be treated as. Two, everything is about protecting the institution. Uh, and and like we've learned even all the way back to Kathy and reasons of national security, the, the concept, just like James Comey said to Stefanik when she asked him uh, why uh, the president and other people weren't involved in uh, and weren't made aware of what was going on. And he said that he didn't have to do that because the uh, the sensitivity of the matter. No. And then again, I want to remind people. So the Patriot Act weaponized the government, gave them full track and trace surveillance, started the TSA, the DHS, the ODNI, all that stuff, written before 9-11, but 9-11 was used to make we the people okay with this. You know, it was all the whole idea that if you who cares? Well, if you have nothing to hide, maybe they'll find something that they can make look like it's you and use lawfare because these people are unscrupulous. But right now they committed a lot of crimes that they are getting away with and they are running uh, this whole operation against Donald Trump still. And they will be running the operation because these same people are the people that fund the get out the vote efforts that we'll talk about in a minute. But there is uh, so under Holder and Obama, they started what they called the DOJ National Security Division. Uh, the DOJ National Security Division, until Donald Trump went into office, had absolutely no oversight 
it had it was actually created to weaponize um, against uh, domestic groups such as uh, the Tea Party, such as I believe a lot of the January 6th stuff is coming out of there. But this was um, this was a, a, a institution that was started by uh, without any real, it looks like um, legality behind it. And then the FBI, it looks like, was involved in that as well. So the FBI, you know, the FBI and, and these groups, they get to also decide who gets security clearance, who gets security clearance removed, who can get through. Um, there's also the Senate uh, Intelligence Committee. So all these people seem to be like they protect each other. And it's got very little to do with this truth, transparency, or getting bad apples, bad players, bad bureaucrats, because none of these people are elected. I mean, that's the most disturbing thing. It looks like none of these people are elected. And then um, most people understand that uh, Obama, when he was in there, that the uh, Department of State with Hillary Clinton and Obama, they went in with big tech. And, you know, most people know the uh, his speech in Cairo set off the Arab Spring. And that was kind of a test to see how the DHS and, and State Department would work with the big tech companies, private public partnerships. And all of this seems to funnel through this uh, fourth branch of, of government known as the intelligence community. Uh, and, and I think the American people should start to really question um, when and why this happened and if it's unconstitutional, how it's continuing. And I, I really look, I, all eyes should be, I think, on Bill Barr. Because again, now we're at a place where there's questions about has Bill Barr been participating or in any way uh, involved in Jack Smith's case? Because um, it looks like uh, Bill Barr um, was assigned to review the Trump-Russia collusion. Then he put Durham on the case where he was the lead investigator. And then basically from that point on, we had Michael Horowitz uh, report came out, another inspector general report that came out. Um, that was basically about the FBI, DOJ, NSA, all these other groups. So that document comes out. Um, from that document, we got the Durham cases. Nothing. They, they charged two low-level guys that had really nothing, not much to do. The Robert Mueller case comes out. So, so and all the Rod Rosenstein stuff. So Bill Barr had access to all of this. Horowitz, uh, Crossfire Hurricane, Weissman. And then he puts Durham on it and silos Durham to only be able to look at pieces. And now he's out there going around um, Bill Barr uh, talking, you know, saying that Trump's dangerous and Trump's a danger. And, and my question is, is Trump a danger to we the people? Is he a danger to foreigners or foreign leaders, foreign countries, or is he a danger to these people? That's the real question here. Well, I think, you know, it's interesting. You've been, uh, they're, they're trying to get out of Trump who his uh, VP uh, candidates might be. Uh, and you've been talking a long time uh, saying that, you know, I don't really care who his VP is. I want to know who's, who his attorney general is going to be, because we need a very strong law enforcement, uh, uh, you know, a MAGA law enforcement officer in this country that understands that their job is not to protect the institution, but to protect the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the uh, we the people and to to right this ship, because that is, you know, because the 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 main uh, breakdown, among many other things, is uh, is the rule of law and transparency, uh, you know, darkness, uh, 
you know, can't uh, exist in the light. And darkness is a very evil thing when, uh, and it's, 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 it's abused extraordinarily in the system that we find ourselves in. There's yeah, so much that's yeah, and I want to reiterate again for the audience, this is very shocking stuff. The Weissman report, which is the Mueller report, the Weissman report, I believe Weissman is still in the fifth column with Eisen puppet mastering all of the uh, Trump Trump uh, persecutions we're going through now. And it's not Trump, it's us going through them, by the way. We are the target. Uh, but it turns out that the Weissman report, they didn't even look into the Clinton campaign's uh, uh, participation in the Russia collusion lies. They didn't, they didn't, it looks like, um, the, uh, the, the Mueller team did not look into, um, Perkins Coy, did not look into Michael Sussman, didn't look into Fusion GPS, didn't look into Christopher Steele. They're arresting this guy, Smirnoff, and Christopher Steele's a free man tweeting about Trump still. They didn't, uh, Glenn Simpson, Bill, Bruce Orr, Nelly Orr, none of these people were involved uh, or made it into the Mueller-Moisman report at all, you know? And then uh, and then we're still dealing, and, and some people might say, well, why does this matter? This matters because we have to know how we got here and why and who the real people are, because what they're doing is they're putting Weissman and they're putting Eisen and they're putting um, Bill Barr and they're putting Daniel Goldman and they're putting all these people out there into the public purview as experts and people that know about it. I mean, Andy McCabe, you know, I don't know, I guess, I guess most people don't know Trump was deposed in the uh, Lisa Page, Peter Strzok lawsuit recently. Um, they're suing because they got fired because apparently no, nobody that was involved in the Trump-Russia collusion, the uh, BS, nobody involved in Crossfire Hurricane, nobody involved in the Weissman case, nobody involved in the Ukraine fraud and impeachment that was to cover up the fraud has been held accountable at all. In fact, they've all been promoted and they've been promoted to people that are talking heads on fake news channels that are fully controlled by the... Um, by the, it looks like this intelligence community and the public-private partnership of the fifth column that's uh, the puppet masters here to protect either themselves or they are all in with the controlled demolition of America and anything that uh, stops that is a problem. Um, but we do really have to start being honest with the idea. There are still people out there that believe in, the, in, in some plan and think that Bill Barr is some secret good guy. I, I, I think Bill Barr was running... Uh, you know, offense and defense to protect uh, the people that actually committed sedition and treason in 2016, 2017, and 2018. And now the question is, is the Jack Smith case another um, special counsel, mind you, again, Ed Meese and a lot of not Trump fans, but attorney generals of years past have already said that the appointment of Jack Smith is unconstitutional and is not legal. Uh, that he should not even be there. And uh, they laid it out. I laid it out in last week's show. But the new question is, what is Jack Smith's job? Now, there's some, we're finding out there's some documents out there that nobody's been able to see. They've been blocked from even Donald Trump uh, releasing them. It's this uh, fourth branch of government that is not allowing them to be released. Um, and at the same time, uh, Jack Smith will does not want to let Donald Trump know or his defense know what documents he's claiming are Espionage Act or 739 um, charge documents. So 
what what is Jack Smith's actual job is another question here. Um, any thoughts on on that? And then we'll move on. But I just wanted to throw this out to people. If you do have information and want to share it with me, uh, I'd appreciate it. I've been reading nonstop. But all I can see here is that we had a huge crime happen in the United States of America against we the people where a president duly elected by us uh, that was in the White House not only was uh, swamped with lawsuits and fraud and fake impeachments and Nancy Pelosi and Harry Reid and and all these manipulators uh, in there, the gang of eight and all these people doing all this stuff while he was him and his sons and his family were being bombarded with personal lawsuits. Um, and uh, Norm Eisen brags about that as he continues to do the Trump thing. I look at Norm Eisen as the wily e. coyote to uh, to uh, Donald Trump's roadrunner at this point. But um, <laughs> I really do have to say, like, we have real criminals that are elevated to a point of power in this nation right now, and they hate 80 million plus of us. And everything that they're doing is to stop not Trump from getting back in office because they're still talking about anyone that questions NATO or questions what's going, doesn't want to send funding to Ukraine. We're all isolationists. We're all nationalists. I mean, Rob Reiner put out a whole movie about Christian nationalism being the, the, the most dangerous thing in America. I mean, we are dealing with such an upside down time. So I'm just trying to figure out what really happened here. And you can piece it together. I gave you some people that I follow and I believe have done the best work on this. Um, but it appears that we have a fourth branch of government that should not exist and is a danger to every American citizen and our privacy and our our futures and our safety and our security. And we need to know why. Um, anything, well, Rob, you want to add before I move on? I, I believe you're absolutely right. And it, it all goes back to some commitment they made to this, you know, globalist agenda, which somehow they feel that that will be their nirvana. They will be rewarded with... Uh, you know, uh, whatever they'll be rewarded with and protected. Um, but clearly, Bill Barr, if, if you know, he was a real attorney general, uh, you know, he would have been able to either protect uh, Trump, his his uh, president, or protect we the people, not the president as the president, but the president against, you know, uh, you know, malicious actors, take him down and take down this country and, and, uh, impede on the the rights and liberties of of the people that um elected him so none of that happened and all of this happened a lot of this happened on his watch um like i said going back to you know all these people seem committed to the globalist agenda as you talk about so we always need to put it in that context so all of these things yeah. you know always point back to that and uh, i think you do that beautifully and uh you know, it's important that people understand that because a lot of them, even the big talking heads in the conservative space, um, they point out, you know, issues, but they don't really tie it back to the bigger, you know, agenda, which is a, is, is a very terrifying uh, agenda if you've ever studied anything about history. And that's a, another reason why, you know, we fight so hard for to to uncover this history, to to reintroduce uh, this history so people understand that this is an old playbook. We're just reliving it with different players. 
Yeah. And the other thing that uh, I, I really went digging into this. So I, I was watching, I, I'd done a lot of work and then I saw the Mike Benz, which I hope everyone has seen. It's very important because it's part of what I'm talking about and kind of led me back to go look at this because um, also the Senate Select Committee on Intelligence has an extraordinary amount of power. And, and these people, I just want to reiterate my feelings about the government right now. The government are equal to us. They are just human beings. They are not any better, any worse, any anything. We're all human beings and uh, treat they treat us like we are below them. We don't deserve to know stuff and a lot is going on. And so they have elevated themselves. Like I say, the fifth column and certainly the globalist billionaire oligarchs that run our country, they treat, um, they act like they run the parent company. There's a global one too, but they act like they run the parent company that is America. And under them is uh, there's some NGOs and some some think tanks and lobbying firms and all that. And then after the under there, like their UN partners, and then all the way under there are the elected, selected, elected officials, government and stuff. But there are too many unelected people. All of these intelligence people, all of the people in the agencies, all of these people are not elected by the people. And um, and I just want to point out that these. Um, this uh, fourth branch is also where uh, I believe this, we have to be very weary because when Benz was talking about what he was talking about to Tucker and going through it again, and I was looking at some of the stuff that I had pulled up because most of it is missing. We'll talk about Google in a minute. Um, most of it is missing, but I realized uh, it's all 404s. So much has been erased through AI and scraping on the back end. As Zach Voorhees warned us six months ago, they were going to start scraping the internet of anything that didn't fit the narrative towards where they're going, which is their democracy. Their, their democracy is not democracy of any kind. It is a totalitarian uh, control by the this group of people, I believe. But remember when they introduced, Rob, that Restrict Act? Uh, that Restrict Act, if you go back and look at it, and then you look at what Mike Benz was saying, that is uh, basically the Patriot Act of the um, of the, uh, of the internet, uh, of it looks like online communications. So I, I don't know where that is right now. I do not believe it passed. They are putting it back up. Uh, but people have to also remember that because I believe that that is the um, the Pandora's box of the end of free speech everywhere. If they ever got that passed, really being pushed hard by the Biden administration. And a lot of times they use that there have been just like they're using the border to say that, you know, um, that the border. So they want to put all this track and trace surveillance on the border because the border's open or they want to put all this track and trace surveillance on money. They need the central bank digital currency because corruption uh, and cash and all of that. I think that this restrict act is about that's how they want to shut down and control the Internet uh, end game. And I think it's coming out of this fourth branch of government, too. So people just have to be really aware of that. Um, another thing that, that I saw when I was digging through this is somehow the FBI is allowed to own and operate businesses without the public knowledge. So the F FBI uh, own guidelines state that it is allowed to own, operate and control businesses without public knowledges for purposes of crime prevention. You know, so again. <laughs> All of this stuff is so crazy when you dig into it. Because after I saw that and then I saw the Ben's interview and I went back and I, I dug in and I, I looked up all this stuff about Bill Barr and like, what what was he doing? He had to have known every single thing that I know. 
How would I know it if he doesn't? How could he not know it? And then to see, you know, put together the dots that the Mueller team didn't look into the origins of Crossfire Hurricane and the Crossfire Hurricane team, you know, the Durham couldn't look into basically either of them. Uh, it's totally crazy. And then to see this. So the FBI, um, many people may not realize this in life site. Many people may not realize how the FBI and local police might secretly operate uh, in your local community by secretly operating entities that could be very common to America. They can open any businesses, uh, operating businesses, corporations, um, and uh, proprietaries uh, secretly. So apparently uh, to use uh, uh, undercover techniques, including proprietary business entities is essential to the detection, prevention, prosecution of white collar crimes, public corruption, terrorism, organized crime, offenses, including controlled substances and other proprietary areas of investigation. What? So the FBI can open up businesses in order to trap people into, this is so crazy. I, I don't know if this is new. I have a feeling a lot of this was was uh, spun up after the uh, uh, Patriot Act slash Obama holder kicking the Patriot Act to the domestic terrorist uh, bend and against their enemies. But uh, this should not be going on, Rob. What's your? T- I mean, when you look at this stuff, you can hardly believe it's real. You know, it, it, I guess if 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 there was really some sort of a dangerous threat or you were, you know, uh, kind of investigating a situation and you have like this cut out business. And, but the problem is, is that the way that they have turned their tactics use these, these, the, the legislation, the tools, their, their, their resources, and they use it for, uh, exactly the opposite purposes. So, I would argue that they probably set up businesses to make money. I mean, for for all we know, I mean, we know the CIA was very big into, uh, for instance, drug dealing or uh, gun trafficking. And so they say they're setting up a business for the purpose of entrapping or investigating some sort of, an, of nefarious activity. But at the same time, they're making tons and tons of money and using their power and access to, uh, you know, uh, to to basically fund their operations. So so it, it goes back to oversight, transparency, and they, they should need to get certain approvals and it, it should it it needs to be um, disclosable. So you know well, I, I honestly I don't think that the, the FBI should be running businesses under the guise of entrapping people in crimes, period. Right. I mean I guess right. I just don't know what happened to America. I just feel like individual liberty and freedom of all of us is at stake. And here we have this, these, these intelligence agencies and these, you know, larger than life, these people ruin lives. You just played the thing that, um, that, uh, James O'Keefe has from the IRS. Also, you know, James O'Keefe has a new breaking story about the IRS, and we all know that they've all been armed and all of that. And the real IRS agents with the with the guns and stuff, that's not the scary part. The scary part is the AI that and the ledger technology that was in that executive order. But again, I just want to say, and then at the same time, you know, they're this regime is putting in a lot of stuff to destroy America forever. The controlled demolition, they are on a clock. They're halfway and, and they cannot allow Trump to win. So then you have Mary McCord, who's obviously in line with Monaco and and uh, and um, 
and uh, Weissman and Eisen. She's doing podcasts with Weissman laughing and talking about. But she goes to NBC News and says, I am with a team. And it reminds me of, you know, all the teams, like even the David Brock uh, Democracy Matters documents and all of that. She's working with a team now, now to analyze what Trump do if he wins so that they can counter it with legal action, lawsuits, impeachments, and all the same things as they did to him last time. Uh, that was like J.D. Vance said that he saw the bomb in the in the uh, Ukraine bill, that the funding would go well past Trump being reelected. If Trump wanted to negotiate peace and end the war, he wouldn't be able to, or he'd be holding up some kind of same clause that Eisen dug out for the first impeachment when he was working with Schiff and uh, Nadler to impeach Trump over the fake Ukraine call. It's something to do with budgeting. Well, so would this. So we have Sonstein at the border, uh, the guru, the, the, the guru of uh, Harvard Law. He worked at the World Health Organization during COVID. He was Obama's uh, real uh, truth minister, uh, married to Samantha Power, the U.S. aid, uh, aid um, money, money bags over there. Uh, he's writing all the legislation for the border, uh, everything that's going on with the asylum, with this group. There's a group down there. Um, American Immigration Council and obviously the National Lawyers Guild and all that. They're working down at the border to make all the le legislation they're writing right now for the border permanent. They're trying to make this stuff permanent because they're starting to worry if Trump gets in, they don't want him to be able to do anything. And these are all unelected people that are not accountable to we the people. And everyone in that intelligence branch, that fourth branch of government is unconstitutional and against, uh, against our rights, most of that, but that shouldn't even exist. So, you know, that's really where we are now in this situation. And then we have a thing I, where I think, um, I think the, the, the big red flag everyone should should understand is that and Trump, uh, the, the recent Trump uh, uh, verdict where he has to pay, you know, 400 some odd million dollars or what have you for for doing basically what every developer does is that, you know, they say when they, they brought in the Patriot Act or when they do the surveillance that if you're not doing anything wrong, you know, you don't have to worry about it. But what we've learned is that they, they have create. so many tools in their toolbox. And there's so many like, I don't know how, how tall the, the legislation bills would add up, but it's got to be miles and miles of paperwork. Um, well, remember so what Schumer said. He said, if, if you mess with the intelligence community, they got six ways from Sunday to take you down. Well, we didn't know that they actually had their own branch of government with no oversight and they can they can deem anything. It appears the intelligence group, DHS, DNI, all these, they can deem anything uh, national security or classified or whatever and hide it from everyone. Uh, you know, if it's sensitive, according to James Comey. And again, Rob, on top of that, I just wanted to mention um, now these people are doing crazy legislation. But, but this is another America. This is another thing that we can all get around, like freedom that you talk about. It's like freedom versus servitude. So, you know, uh, uh, this concept of, you know, being free from from judicial, you know, malicious judicial prosecution and Lock you know it. just operating it so anyone can get behind that because everyone is at risk every citizen of this country is at risk and yeah. we're seeing and I it wanted to go, yeah i wanted to go forward because I, I it took me a really long time to articulate how upset i am but i really do believe that the um the bill Barr, uh Mueller, 
uh, Durham, probably Smith, all these special counsels. I think all of this is about covering up criminality by our government. I don't think that this is to serve the people. I don't think, just like Kathy told us about her testimony back in the day, that they squashed it for reasons of national security when it had nothing to do. It really was crimes by our own government. But at this point, these people are private citizens that are still functioning as, uh, you know, unelected, un unaccountable um, overlords uh, in our above our government, even because a lot of this is coming from NGOs that are funded by globalist billionaires. But Rob, now um, the Democrats have introduced the Courage to Serve Act. So think about where we are already, what's going on at the border with all and what they're trying to do permanently, what they're doing with the IRS permanently. Apparently, all of our agencies are more armed than they've ever been. Um, and that's not just the IRS. It's all the way down to the USDA, Homeland Security, all of these groups. So now they have the Courage to Serve Act. So the Democrats have put in the Courage to Serve Act that will allow migrants to serve in the U.S. military and get citizenship with benefits. A new proposal um, that would help migrants get an expedited path to citizenship that would require them first to serve in the U.S. military. Um, basically, they are saying that um, the bill comes days after a bipartisan border uh, security package negotiated by the Senate fell apart. Um, and um, Congressman uh, argued that the Senate uh, bill did not go far enough when it comes to securing the border. Um, so we know all that happened. Then all of a sudden they put in a uh, this act uh, that would, I guess, allow um, Congressman Ryan, along with Congressman Mike Lawler, wrote a bipartisan letter to President Joe Biden last year asking that he approve New York's request for major. So, so all of this that's going on here is basically, they're just putting through a lot of stuff and in the middle so of think this, about how brilliant they are. So, so they, they destroy the military, destroy the, destroy the culture. Then they, um, and they kick people out of the vaccine mandates among other things. And then they create all this conflict and chaos. And then they open the border bringing all these people. Now we're seeing, we have a lot of friends at the border who are reporting from the Darien Gap, uh, uh, you know, all of these military age men, uh, the massive upswing in uh, Chinese uh, military age men. And now they want to uh, expedite their citizenship through military service. The problem is, is that, that if you have, I mean, there's many, many problems with that, but you know, they're destroying the culture, number one, and then you have a military uh, or police uh, force that has no connection to the culture or the people. So or the Constitution or the Bill of Rights or the history, because this is Hudson Valley Congressman Pat Ryan of New York. Like I said, uh, he called the Courage to Serve Act a bill that would offer qualified and vetted migrants an expedited path to citizenship to serve in the military. Because last year, the U.S. military missed recruiting goals of 41,000 recruits, leaving crucial positions unfilled. So crucial positions he would like to go to uh, illegals. And at the same time that this guy's putting up this bill, apparently he's unhappy that something didn't get passed that he wanted before that. So then he puts this bill in. I don't know what the connection is there, but it just so happens that in that article, it goes on to say that he was unhappy that some things he wanted prior did not get passed. I don't know what that means, but apparently Chinese illegal immigrant apprehensions are up 4,000% 
at the U.S.-Mexico border since 2021. So uh, since 2023, October, uh, there have been 20,000 encounters of illegal immigrants from the from communist China. Uh, so while they're doing that and offering a path to citizenship through serving for our government, uh, we find that there has been a, a very, a, I know Anne and Michael Yan obviously have been reporting on it, but the rest of the country, we did that show with that woman that's all out there today fighting that liberal big um, YouTuber that's out there today talking about all these things, the world government. I never heard it talk about it before, but we were just on a round table with a big liberal podcaster who said that basically the, the whole, everything going on the border that the right wing and Trump people are talking about is a lie. Uh, and now we we find this out that it's actually a lot of Chinese Communist Party or Chinese um, military aged men coming around that coming through that border now, um, which should scare everyone. Thoughts on that before I go forward, Rob? Well, yeah, I mean, I you know we uh, if you look at the apparatus of this um, you know, this illegal uh, you know migration, they they. They have apps. They have. They're funding it. They're. They're. They have uh, camps. They have transportation. They're moving into districts to disrupt the communities and to you know to overthrow the electorate. Uh, you know, you don't have to be that smart to to see. The, the, you, know, you add up these data points, and and the uh, agenda is 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 abundantly clear. Anyone who doesn't understand that they're not paying attention or they just don't want to see it. And this has got to, I mean, we are at a very, yeah. very and the controlled demolition place. of America. Yeah. Well, it's getting even scarier. So the controlled demolition of America, if you're not aware of that, you are, if you watch me, obviously, if you've never watched me before, probably you think I'm just a babbling, a, a very upset babbling person, but I have to tell you, it's all very important. Uh, we do have very little time left, in my opinion. I do believe these people that are running the parent company that controls America uh, are done with America. I, I don't know how you cannot see that. And anyone out there that is still, I don't care, these Fox News people, CNN, MSNBC are totally in on it. But uh, I do have to say that we um, we really have to uh, make a choice of what we want going forward in this country because uh, the globalist billionaire oligarchs that run the controlled demolition of America are doing everything they can. And then you have one of their people, Ben Crump, that we've talked about on the show many times, Rob, I'm sure you know his name. He is the lawyer for every one of the Black Lives Matter-esque uh, settlements that have happened. Um, he was behind, um, obviously, uh, he was involved with Trayvon, uh, the Trayvon hoax, and uh, he put up a fake witness, a genteel, uh, Rachel Genteel was a fake witness he put on the stand during the Trayvon case, never, it got nobody even looked at it because you know racism uh he's the one who got the settlement for george floyd's family before jury selection in an actual trial uh he's gotten the settlements for everyone uh hundreds tens of millions of dollars in settlements in um in every case that has come up under the black lives matter purview uh ben crump is the lawyer for those cases well ben crump has decided that um apparently he says um that we need to change the definition of crime. So he said that um, to criminalize, he, he said uh, that the justice system creates laws to criminalize black culture, insulting to black people. But 
Um, he doesn't care because he's made hundreds of millions of dollars off of this kind of stuff with his best friends up there uh, that he, he was in this group with, I guess. This was with, um, he was talking with, um, oh, uh, Al Sharpton, of course. So he said, uh, the U.S. justice system creates laws to criminalize black culture and um, crime could be eradicated if they change the definition of crime. Uh, so basically, he's up there uh, on MSNBC, of course, uh, talking with a couple people. And well, they do uh, that a little bit by uh, legalizing theft up to, uh, you know, $1,000 in some of the big blue cities, right? Right. And he's still talking about pol police brutality, of course, being such a problem. He This was a series by Al Sharpton called Black Men in America, Road to 2024. If black people are not getting that they are totally being manipulated by these people, I mean... I still think every black person in America should be demanding of the black congressional caucus, all millionaires in their own right, uh, to find out where the Black Lives Matter money went, uh, because all everything that came out of that, especially defunding the police, no bail, no jail, is hurting their communities the most. But not Ben Crump, I assure you, he's he's doing very well uh, with this. But Ben Crump says. Um, they come up with things to profile us for. I believe this with everything in my heart. We can get rid of all the crime in America overnight, just like that. <clears throat> and, and people ask how attorney Crump, Crump says, change the definition of crime. If you get to define what conduct is going to be made criminal, you can predict who the criminals are going to be. They made the laws to criminalize our culture, to criminalize black culture. This is like that lunatic uh, that was in front of the, uh, the the Congress the other day saying that there needs to be a hip hop group uh, involved in drafting legislation. That was the guy who pulled the fire alarm in the in the black congressional caucus. <laughs> so this guy comes out and he basically says that um, uh, and, and despite FBI data saying black individuals committed 46.8% of violent crimes and 36% of drug crimes in the U.S. in 2022, and this is the woke FBI, uh, and that the black community only makes up 14.4% of the population, he says that none of that is relevant, that the truth is that they are making, um, because of how crime is defined, that um, all of this could go away if they redefined what crime is, what crimes are, and stopped uh, attacking black culture as a criminal culture. Forget the FBI data. Under This data from the FBI is from 2022. Uh, the FBI is, is completely, completely DEI and woke, so that data wouldn't be allowed out. And ironically, this uh, interview comes at the same time that a... Uh, a lauded economics professor at Harvard said that he needed armed guards and was uh, basically uh, drummed out of the school. Professor, I don't know if you guys saw this Barry Weiss interview with Professor Roland Fryer, who just as Crump's making these statements that they need to redefine uh, what criminality is because it's it's somehow abusive to, to black culture as it, it's just so offensive to me. <laughs> It's so crazy. But this uh, Friar, a top economist who became the youngest tenured black professor in Harvard's history at 30 years old uh, in 2016, he published a study that no racial differences uh, in, in officer involved shootings. After he published the study, he said all hell broke loose. Um, uh, noting people lost their minds when they didn't like the results of the study. 
He said, I lived under police protection for about 30 to 40 days. I had a seven day old daughter at the time. I was going to the grocery store to get diapers with an armed guard after he, the fallout of publishing his 2016 study that there was no racial bias in police shootings. So, you know, you juxtapose that, uh, those two men with, uh, with what's going on, it's pretty scary. And on, the, on those lines, I also wanted to tell people, um, as I've been saying, the first seven pages of Google are all controlled media. This is called, it's the Google partnership with um, the World Economic Forum, the UN, uh, the State Department, I believe, DHS, all of that. It's the Good News Initiative. Um, uh, Google no longer puts out news that um, they do not feel um, you should uh, uh, be reading because disinformation, misinformation, and, and going against the narrative of the overlords. Um, I believe it's also the yeah, it's also the intelligence community. This that I'm talking about apparently has all the relationships with the public-private partnerships known as uh, DHS, and um, we have all of the uh, what are the groups that we're talking about? It was it was a lot of the things that um, Mike Benz was talking about, but these are the um, the uh, NATO's also involved, but these are the Good News Initiative. Um, these include uh, the whole group. What were they called? Um, I just want to get the name right because I have it here. Uh, so everyone's aware of it and looking out for it. So the Department of Homeland Security uh, with U.S. physical and cyber infrastructure. So they're dis domestic misinformation, which is really basically just terms for anything the national security state doesn't want you to talk about or, or the State Department or the government. So they um they have decided, and this is how they're doing a lot of this um this well, online like stuff. They're saying that the uh, radio stations, uh, second largest, uh, right. I think, AM radio stations, and what you've reported on, which is all of the flyers and the uh, the uh, the the magazines and newspapers that you find in your grocery stores and whatnot in your community. Yeah, that's Those the courier newsroom. Yeah, Courier Newsroom, Good Information, that's also Soros and Pointer Institute. Any any journalist attached to the Pointer Institute is a propagandist. Um, and, and that's coming from somebody who actually went to a journalism school when they still taught that about 20 years ago. But I will tell you right now that, um, so what, what Mike Benz, I hope you all see that interview if you didn't already, um, what he's saying is that they're, they're saying that disinformation and misinformation, especially going into the election, is, uh, is an attack on critical cognitive infrastructure. That's what they're saying. And they've, uh, they teamed up last time, as you know, with the in Election Integrity Partnership, not to be confused with, but not that different from the Transition Integrity Project. If it says integrity or says democracy, you know that it's globalist and run by these same people. But um, so they got together with the just couldn't do it directly. They uh, public-private partnership, as I speak about a lot, uh, they got together with Stanford I I Internet Observatory, University of Washington Center for Informed Public, Atlantic Council always shows up somewhere, globalist-leaning, uh, uh, Digital Forensics Lab at Atlantic Council and Graphica. The private sector partners did all the work, um, basically, of weeding out disfavored uh, opinions, false narratives, according to them, misinformation and disinformation, uh, leading up to the election and uh, it was actually um, former Facebook executive Alex Stamos uh, is the director of the Stanford Internet Observatory, who has compared over half of the Republicans in Congress to ISIS and uh, has also said that um, basically all of Trump's uh, followers are, ter are terrorists. Um, and um, so what they all talked about was that 
Um, this had a lot to do with silencing people over the uh, Hunter Biden laptop and all of that. Well, one of the partners obviously is Google. And a problem that's going on at Google is people are starting to realize how um, manipulated Google is already. And then um, this week, people were trying to ask Google's AI for pictures of different um, of different things in our history, like uh, people that fought in the uh, American Revolution. And um, it's called Google's Gemini AI program. Uh, it's producing it's only producing diverse images that align with um, with DEI. So basically, users are putting in um, to the to Google's artificial intelligence image search searches for uh, people that fought in the American Revolution, for um, people that fought in the Second World War, for firefighters or for nurses or for anything. And it's all coming out there. It's almost impossible for them to put out a white person. So um, you go into Gemini and you put in American Revolutionary Soldier. No white people come out. You go into Gemini, you put people born in Scotland in 1820. They put up a black person. You go in and you put uh, you put in um, uh, anything that you want to put in of uh, the Pope. And and if you try to put in white people, particularly white males, it uh, says that it can't do it because it's, it's exclusionary. They're putting in Vikings. So basically, uh, Google is saying that their AI is inclusive and asking for anything white or Caucasian is uh, it looks like is impossible. Um, the program's refusing outright to show white couples insisting that diversity should be celebrated and that it won't show specific ethnic groups apart from non-white. So uh, what's happening is that Google's AI is ludicrously and obviously totally racist uh, against white people. <laughs> right. And uh, and then you have to think about, well, what about the search engines? Well, go look at them. Only the trusted news sources are involved there. Yeah, um, and and look at the shows that, that they're putting in, uh, in media. Right. Well, what's scary is that we have an election coming up and uh, we have a big problem with the election coming up uh, because we have uh, Google, Facebook, Meta, and other groups are teaming up with the uh, critical infrastructure uh, concerns of DHS and SISA to uh, kick this into gear again. And we already know, we just saw that on Google, that's in real time. So if you could just play um, the clip of uh, the Clegg from Facebook talking about going into the 2024 election and his plans for disinformation in the election cycle of 2024. It does strike me that this is an issue disinformation, misinformation, interference with the election that the government should be taking on. How many people do you have working on this issue? And how do you know what's enough? So we have around 40,000 people working on kind of safety and integrity on our platforms. Generally, we spend a lot of money on it. We've spent oh, about 20 40. billion US dollars in recent years on, on oh, things li like election integrity, about 5 billion in the last year alone. But here's the interesting point. You know, even if we imply, employ double the number of content moderators that we have, actually, here's the irony, we're talking here about the risks of AI-generated content, but AI is also actually our most powerful tool to identify and deal with the kind of content we don't want to see on our platforms. So take hate speech, for instance, the prevalence of hate speech. In other words, the percentage of hate speech as a percentage of the total of 
content on Facebook is now down to about 0.01%. And that's been reduced by over 50% just in the last couple of years alone for one reason only, improvements okay. in AI technology. So I, I, you know, I think it's important for your viewers to know that, yes, of course, there are issues and concerns about how this technology is going to be used for bad purposes. It's ironically also the same technology that helps... Um, yeah, so, uh, so, uh, so uh, that should... Uh, let you know what's going on. Whoops. Whoops. Okay, are we back? So that should uh, that should let everyone know what is happening here. Um, and also, I wanted you guys to know that um, Facebook, which is Meta, which is that guy, and Microsoft, they are uh, teaming up, actually. Uh, and they are teaming up with also the Global Internet Forum to, uh, for Counterterrorism, uh, a database um, that uh, tracks videos and images of terrorist groups um, that are on a United Nations list as well. And then they all are partnering with uh, the Southern Poverty Law Center and the ADL uh, in the run-up to the 2024 election and whatever's coming this year uh, because they are protecting critical infrastructure, cognitive critical infrastructure of America. So, um, you know, we have to be very aware of all of that. And uh, so basically and, and what they're doing there. is they're re- they're reclassifying the um, people's psyche as critical infrastructure. So they're basically weaponizing yeah, their yeah, their cognitive yeah. uh, thinking of the populace. They're they're calling that critical infrastructure. I would argue that they're in fact the ones that are playing with the cognitive infrastructure of the psyche of the American people, if not the globe. And that's what we need to shut down. That's what we're here to do. Yeah. And before we go, um, I'm sorry we went so long again. It took me a long time to articulate because I'm just reading all this stuff and I want you guys to know it and I want people to look into it. And I want you to not only do your own research, it's not enough anymore. You have to really understand what's going on. And it's not left and right. It's not Republican and Democrat. It is literally that we are have a surveillance police state in America functioning right now. And what happened to Donald Trump and is happening to Donald Trump can happen to anyone. This is not a joke. This is not, this is the truth is that there is a rogue intelligence division of our country that is more powerful than any elected official that is probably controlling every elected official that is track tracing and surveillance every American citizen without warrants, without our knowledge. And, and it's unconstitutional and it can't go on. And it's not about a party or a person. It is about you. It is about you stepping up and doing something. And this rogue government right now, I want you all to understand that there is a lot you can do locally in your local community um, in, in all of this. I want to remind everyone about the executive order from March 7th that I've talked about many times. It's the executive order on promoting access to voting. Okay. So I've talked many times here about looking at who's involved with the democracy alliance, who's involved with a lot of the get out the vote projects that are connected to tides and Arabella partners and open society and WIS and all of them. But the United States government under uh, Obama Biden uh, put in an executive order about promoting access to voting. They make it that it's for marginalized communities, but really it's about an all of government get out to vote uh, measures. It talks about the right to vote and all of that. I assure you, the end game is that none of us vote, not Republicans, not Democrats, not RFK voters. They want none of us to vote. That is what all of this stuff is about. It is about diluting the actual real votes of citizens as much as they can and then demoralizing everyone to think that uh, voting is so 
um, one-sided that then now they need to get all these other people. I mean, just this week in Nevada, a lot of people went to look right after the primary that didn't vote and found that there were votes put in their names. But this uh, all of voting uh, situation that he put in this executive order uh, is very concerning. And I'll tell you right now that every single um, government agency right now is pushing for voting for Joe Biden. Okay. And this is not a bipartisan get out the vote thing. That is a total fraud and a total lie because what's happening right now is that they are, I have teamed up with a group called Demos that we've talked about on this before D E M O S to go around to all of the agencies. And I'm talking about, uh, the department, um, of energy, the department of, uh, Medicaid, Medicare, social security, uh, Department of Justice, obviously, but the USDA, uh, a USDA one just leaked. Um, it's the executive order that uh, all federal agencies shall consider ways to expand citizen opportunities to register to vote and to obtain information about and participate in the electoral uh, process. Uh, all They were all set to turn over everything to Susan Rice before she took off and that she's not, we don't know where Susan Rice is, is very scary to me, but it's called For the People Act. Uh, and it would eliminate uh, most states' voter ID laws. You know, they're all fighting. The same guys I'm talking about, the the fifth column, the, the Mueller uh, crossfire team, all these people, especially Brookings and, and all these groups, they're also fighting any uh, rollback of the pandemic voting stuff. They're very involved in voting integrity as well. But basically, um, this is doing something really unconstitutional as well. And every... Um, Every single department of our government is pushing for people to vote and uh, left-wing causes, Joe Biden, uh, people on the left. It's Executive Order 14019. It was also with a Justice 40 campaign, which is a DEI, uh, all-of-government campaign, also unconstitutional. And I just want to remind you, the group that is running this entire project and is teamed up with the Biden regime for this executive order is called Demos. And uh, Demos, if you, I'm sure it will surprise everyone here, uh, are very anti-Trump, but uh, their funding is what should disturb you. Not only is it what we talked about last week, the Center for Public Integrity, which everyone should go check out right now, but um, Demos is funded by Ties Foundation, Ford Foundation, Rockefeller Family Fund, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, the Open Society, and a bunch of um, unions. So again, we have, we're being hit from all sides, but in your local community, you can find out what's going on in your local uh, departments, uh, USDA, your local department of energy, your local government and see what's happening there. And if this is happening there, first of all, I believe that it's illegal. Uh, second of all, they are um, pushing this in everywhere uh, from unemployment uh, offices to uh, DMVs to uh, all all uh, services and um, and you should be aware of that because that's another avenue you can take to uh, fight uh, for um, transparent and honest elections in 2024. We got to do whatever we can, but I think these agencies are a place that people aren't looking, and I think that a lot of this stuff is not only unconstitutional but illegal. Uh, and, um, I just wanted to bring that up again, that that is going on and some documents leaked from the USDA that were created by Demos, uh, to train the people that work at the USDA to then implement with their clientele, I guess, farmers and, and other people that interact with the USDA, uh, suppliers or whatever to push them to get out the vote, to get out to vote for Joe Biden.
Um, anyway, Rob, uh, I wanted to end on a great, uh, if you stayed with us to this point, thank you so much, but I wanted to end on a great video that should pump you up. I believe, uh, if the information and, uh, truth and transparency is the key here, uh, we really do have to weed out all the, uh, unconstitutional, illegal, and, um, and frankly, dangerous elements, uh, above and, and sucked in and unelected within our government, local, national, and federal um, any last words before I cut to the, uh, the closing video? Yes. Um, number one, thank you all for hanging out with us tonight. We know that these are big and, um, kind of meaty shows, but our objective is to inform you as much as possible, but then, and also encourage you that people are waking up by the droves. They're seeing this because it's so egregious and the information flow is extremely I mean, it's like drinking from a hot fire hose for us and then having to package it and, and share it with you guys. And we encourage you all to, to trust your instincts, trust what you see, trust what you hear, because this stuff is really happening. But the other side, it's happening too, which is that people are waking up in every facet of life and they're standing up. It's happening all over the country, all over the world, populist movements whether it's farmers or firefighters or teachers or, or airlines, truckers. truckers, the truckers are in our country and other countries. So, um, so, so we are, we are, we are winning this battle. It's very difficult, you know, call it trench warfare, call it whatever you want, but we are winning this battle and we're winning it because of, of you guys standing up, being strong, being brave and trusting yourself. So I want to thank you. I want to yeah. thank you for all your support because we can't do this without you. We are fully supported by you, the viewers and listeners and supporters. We look forward to seeing you in person if we're traveling. Otherwise, we'll see you here every night. And um, we appreciate, you know, extraordinarily um, your uh, your dedication to saving this country and to stand yeah. up. And I just want to say myself, thank you so much, everyone. It's been a long journey. Uh, anyone that's been with me for the four years from the purges to this and that and jumping around, I really appreciate you sticking with us. Um, please uh, support everyone out there that's doing what we do. You know, Sean Hannity and those people are making hundreds of millions of dollars. And a lot of us are just making whatever we make and we do it because we love this country and we love you guys. And I just want to thank everyone that supported me uh, and stuck with me. And it's been a, you know, a learning experience for everyone. Just keep, keep learning, keep growing, uh, be okay to be wrong. Uh, correct yourself whenever you do. Nobody should be above you. You are the end game for yourself. Uh, think critically, be skeptical and uh, don't let people get you down. Don't let people rain on your parade. And, uh, and just keep fighting, stand up, speak up, show up. And uh, we are the answer. We will take this country back. We got a lot of criminals in in our government, like Cash calls them government gangsters, but I think they're on the run. And I honestly believe everything they're doing to Donald Trump is so that they don't go down. And I believe that uh, we will have justice 2024 and going forward. This video probably uh, will uh, lead you to believe that as well. Please uh, roll the Trump video. More than a country, more than a shining city on a hill. The idea of America lives in each and every one of us. America lives. But a storm has gathered at our shores. A
tempest that seeks to tear apart the fabric of our nation. It seeks nothing less than the wanton destruction of this great nation of men and women. It seeks to rip out, erase, and supplant the very foundations of practicality and reason. It seeks to erase us. We know this enemy. They have existed throughout time, and now they have come for us. And they have come for our children. We watch the clouds coalesce and gather. We watched them form for decades from a distance as they approached our borders. We heard the clap of thunder echo in our minds and rattle down through the halls of our capitals. We have, most of us, become complacent, unaware, and disengaged while the darkness grew and unfolded around us. Slowly, then all at once. This threat is real. What we face is a hurricane of deceit and moral decay with the goal of absolute power. We face a true battle of good versus evil. If we stand by and do nothing, evil will triumph. But that is not our fate. We are great men. We are great men with a great leader. A leader that loves this nation and what it has given back to him. A leader who seeks the same ideals as we do. Ideals of truth, liberty, and justice. He sees the greatness in us and the great potential in America and its future. He seeks to make America This man will guide us, but he cannot do it alone. It takes every one of us alongside him. It takes work, it takes faith, and it takes resolve. Together we can fight and we will win. Unite now. Gather alongside him. Come together for this nation. Bear the colors of red, white, and blue that are woven into the fiber of this nation, saturated with the blood of patriots that came before us. Sacrifice your time. Sacrifice your effort to rebuild this nation together. Together we can save America. The America that lives in all of us. Trump 2024.